Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, has addressed the COP26 summit in Scotland. He says Australia is on track to reach net zero emissions by 2050. He says science and technology will help us reach the target. Driving down the cost of technology and enabling it to be adopted at scale is at the core of the Australian way to reach our target of net zero emissions by 2050 that we are committing to at this COP26. It's the Australian way, wrapping himself, of course, in the Australian flag, being all patriotic. Do you buy it? Andrew Lee, good morning. Good morning, Marcus. How are you? Yeah, good. Do you buy it? No, not the least. I mean, the uh, government is, uh, is, a, is a government that has been fear on climate change for the last eight years, which came to office on a pledge to undo action on climate change. Uh, which has said that uh, electric vehicles will end the weekend and that a uh, big battery is as useful as a big banana uh, and brandish lumps of coal in Parliament. And uh, now forced to front up in front of world leaders, Scott Morrison has put together a uh, no, brochure, which is basically a combination of Labor commitments and hopes that new technologies that don't currently exist will get us there. Uh, it's a, a wing and a prayer, not a plan. And he doesn't have any serious commitment to tackling climate change, as demonstrated by the fact that uh, Barnaby Joyce, the man currently acting Prime Minister in Australia, yeah. doesn't even support net zero by 2050. This is the Joyce Morrison government when it comes to climate change. All right. Well, we know yesterday uh, there was a, a bit of a Barney that uh, may have diplomatic repercussions. What did you make of the whole Emmanuel Macron, Scott Morrison scenario yesterday? Well, to have the French president call, uh, called uh, our prime minister a liar is extraordinary. And uh, we've, we've had uh, you know, moments where I've thought that people have compared uh, Scott Morrison and Donald Trump, and I thought that's a bit unfair. Uh, but increasingly now he is starting to look pretty Trumpian. Uh, he's a bloke that just can't be trusted to be straight with people. Uh, we know that he said we we're going to be in front of the queue for the vaccine rollout. Uh, Malcolm Turnbull knows that he uh, ba- backstabbed him. Uh, remember the lies around uh, Shanghai Sam and Brian Houston. Uh, and they just keep on coming with Scott Morrison. And so you've now got uh, Emmanuel Macron saying very clearly that he was lied to by Scott Morrison and Joe Biden clearly pretty disappointed about the dissembling that went on and calling the arrangement clumsy. Mm. Uh, and this is, this is not an issue of distrust in Australia. Emmanuel Macron was very clear in that clip you played a little earlier there, Marcus, yeah. that the concern is not, his, his, his beef is not with Australia. His beef is with Scott Morrison, a man who cannot be trusted to be straight. Uh, he's increasingly a risk to Australia's international reputation. All right. Well, I mean, for his part, the Prime Minister says he's, quote, not going to cop sledging of Australia. So he's making it an Australian issue rather than a personal one. Uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has insisted he will not accept sledging of Australia over this torn-up $90 billion submarine deal with France. Uh, It comes after Mr Macron's comments. You know, I don't know. I don't think he lied. I know he lied. Of course, ScoMo doesn't agree with suggestions along that uh, line of thought. Uh, I mean, the PM yesterday told reporters in Rome when asked if Mr Macron's claim was true, he basically said no, and then... He had a crack at some reporters for daring, asking him the question, then he cut short his own press conference and took off. Uh, and this is the, uh, the classic gaslighting from the Prime Minister. He says okay. he won't accept sledging of Australia, uh, but there's no sledging of Australia. There is a direct criticism from a major world leader that Scott Morrison lied. 
Uh, and, you know, you saw it again yesterday. He's making up stuff about journalists taking selfies with Emmanuel Macron where the journalists themselves had to say, no, this isn't right. Mm. Uh, so the, the, the Prime Minister's constant willingness to dissemble, uh, to not, uh, his unwillingness to tell the truth, has him looking very much like Donald Trump, uh, a world leader who, according to the Washington Post truth tracker, uh, has made more than one mistruth a day during his time in office. Uh, and we've got to remember, Marcus, this isn't any country we're talking about. France is an Indo-Pacific power. They're a permanent member of the UN Security Council. They're yeah. a major player in the European Union. Uh, and we have a deep history uh, with, uh, with our two countries. There are 45,000 Australians buried in France uh, after the wars. So this is a, a nation with whom we should have strong and warm relations. Uh, and without Scott Morrison in charge, we would. Well, you say that it's Trumpian-like, certainly arguing with uh, reporters, that's kind of Trumpian. I mean, the only thing he say, he hasn't brought out is the you know fake news line. Here's the exchange, which I found extraordinary with journalists in Rome yesterday. President Macron uh, told a couple of us around the corner that you didn't tell him the truth on the subs deal. In fact, he said that you might have lied. Is that true? No. He said that... Uh, what happened was detrimental to uh, your reputation. What do you say to that? I'll always stand up for Australia's interests. But he, but he's, also, he's, also, he's also accused you. He says he doesn't think you like to him. He knows you like to him. I don't what agree do with that. Has he not told you that to your face? You saw him today. You saw him yesterday. He just said um, to, to a camera, I don't think you lied to him. He knows you lied to him. That's not true. What are you going to do to repair the relationship? Because he said it was, he was pretty clear that you need to do something to repair the relationship. Well, we've, got, we've done that process. But, he, but doesn't, he obviously doesn't feel that way. Well, there'll be some time, I think, to go down this process. But we've begun it. We've spoken several times over the last couple of days. I'm sure we'll speak a bit more before I head back to Australia. But let me be very clear. The decision I've taken as Prime Minister that my government has taken was in Australia's national interest. I don't resolve for it for one second. These decisions are difficult. Yeah, so in other words, he's, he's wrapped himself in the Australian flag and, and has kind of deflected any personal criticism of himself uh, to reflect all of us Australians to obviously garner a little bit more support, I think, Andrew. Emmanuel Macron doesn't think Australians are liars. He thinks Scott Morrison is a liar. Uh, and let's remember how we got into this, Marcus. Scott Morrison decided to sign a deal to buy conventional submarines from France a couple of years ago. Uh, then he changed his mind and decided he wanted to buy nuclear submarines from the Americans. During that period, submarine technology did not undergo some seismic change. The government changed its mind. Uh, so this is a coalition agreement broken by a coalition government uh, and done in the most clumsy way. I mean, you think about uh, your, your advice to any teenager would be don't break up with somebody by text. But Scott Morrison is the kind of guy who not only breaks up by text, yeah. but then lies about it afterwards and pretends he didn't. Do we have any idea on what this will cost the Australian public? I mean, that's always my concern. Uh, this deal was done by an outgoing MP in Christopher Pine to, to shore up jobs in his home state of South Australia, more pork barrelling and all the rest of it, if you want to you know, be as cynical as me about it. But, you know, what will the cost be? Uh, that's what I want to know, and that's what I think Australian taxpayers should be most concerned about. 
Well, we know that at a minimum it's in the billions, but it could be in the oh. billions of dollars. And uh, you know, if you translate that into household sense, it's uh, it's at least hundreds of dollars for each of us. Uh, could be thousands of dollars for each of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact is that we didn't need to be here. Uh, Scott Morrison could have worked it, worked out uh, that the best thing for Australia was to buy nuclear submarines from the outset. Uh, mm-hmm. Then uh, we wouldn't have had this uh, diplomatic stoush. We wouldn't have had the problems going on with the uh, trade deal with the European Union. Don't forget, immediately yeah. after this, uh, this snafu, the uh, French asked the uh, trade negotiations to be put on ice, uh, not unreasonably. They felt that they had been uh, stabbed in the back, as their foreign minister put it, uh, and they were very, very quick to call off the uh, trade negotiations. So it'll have impacts right. on uh, our ability to, uh, to, to, to get our products into their markets. All right. What about uh, releasing texts? Uh, we know that uh, that's something the Prime Minister and his uh, PMO are pretty good at. They uh, will will run the protection with their favourite journalists from, say, News Corp. And now he has released texts which he claims, of text between him and the French President, Emmanuel Macron, which um, effectively shows that the President himself was aware that the deal was in trouble. I mean, is that something diplomatically you should do or is that going to just cause further harm? It's completely unprecedented. And clearly the uh, Prime Minister is in damage control, attempting to, to do everything he can to salvage, salvage his reputation. Uh, but, uh, you know, just like we've seen the standing of the United States uh, in countries around the world go up markedly, they moved from uh, Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Uh, similarly, the thing that Australia needs to salvage its international reputation uh, is to get rid of Scott Morrison. Uh, without Scott Morrison in charge, Australia right. would immediately uh, restore its rela- relationship with France. It's as simple as that. Okay, finally, voter ID. Now, uh, I've, when I first heard about this, I thought, well, maybe this is a good idea to crack down on v- voter fraud, particularly in those seats that are marginal and, you know, whereby in some cases people win that seat by the barest of, of votes, you know, sometimes less than 100 votes. Uh, but I noticed there's been pushback by yourself and the Greens, so Labor and the Greens and others, on uh, the the ID situation regarding uh, voting at the next election. Why are you so dead set against it? Yeah, Marcus, I think you, you come at it exactly the right way, where we want to balance two things. We want election integrity, but we also want as many people as possible to participate. And so you, you want to look at the balance of harms. You want to look at how much, uh, uh, how big the problem is right now and uh, uh, how bad uh, voter ID would uh, would, would cause... Would, uh, what problems voter ID might cause. Uh, and the fact is, when you ask the election commissioner, the, go- the bloke that runs our elections, uh, what is uh, multiple voting, how big an issue is multiple voting, uh, he says the problem is vanishingly small. Uh, the people who vol- voted multiple times last uh, election were uh, mostly uh, elderly or uh, with, uh, with mental health issues uh, and were doing it by mistake. Uh, the number of people prosecuted, zero. Uh, and yet, if you have voter ID, we know that that's going to disenfranchise older people who don't have a driver's licence, people who are homeless, uh, young people who uh, might just carry a mobile phone and not have a driver's licence electronically. Uh, so all of those people will get to the ballot box and be turned away. There'll be uh, long lines. And, and you can imagine, you know, if you're on a, in a busy day and suddenly you leave your purse in the car, uh, you, uh, you get, to, get to the front of the line and you're told that you, uh, you can't vote. All right, so the concern uh, we- is there'll be less people voting if we have to show ID, is that right? That's right, yeah. Okay. And, and again, you know, this is straight out of the playbook of Donald Trump. The US Republicans under Trump have been trying for many years <laughs> to introduce voter ID laws sure. because they know that that helps conservatives. Okay. Andrew, good to chat. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it as always. Thank you, Marcus.